If you're a veteran or military spouse of an early stage startup or small business and feel like you're making it up as you go, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to The Transition, where we demystify the entrepreneur experience for veterans and military spouses who've already made or are looking to make the transition from the military into entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, the voice of the bunker. I'm a Marine Corps veteran, social entrepreneur, and member of the Bunker Lives branding team. On today's show, I share some advice on the fastest way to achieve profitability if you're a bootstrapped entrepreneur like I am. Not all of us are venture-backed startups, so we need to achieve profitability sooner rather than later so we can have healthy cash in our businesses, compensate ourselves accordingly, and deliver on our brand promises to our clients and customers. Before you hear from me, make sure you subscribe to the Transition Newsletter at the link in your show notes. Be sure to also check out the official 2021 Bunker Labs Holiday Gift Guide, which features over 50 veteran or military spouse-owned businesses, many with promo codes for holiday shop, holiday savings. You can click the link in the show notes as well. This episode of The Transition is brought to you by the MetLife Foundation and their commitment to supporting veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs. In addition, the foundation also provides mentorship and financial health resources to veterans and military spouses transitioning into the workforce. As always, I hope you enjoyed today's show and that accelerates you on your own entrepreneurial journey. What is going on, Bunker? Hope you guys are having a great week out there. Today, I want to talk to you all about um, the fastest way to achieve in profitability if you're a bootstrapped entrepreneur, which a lot of people in our community are. You know, not everyone is going to have a venture-backed startup or be able to get a bank loan for their businesses. You know, a lot of us are launching our businesses on just pure hopes and dreams. Um, and maybe a little bit of savings if we got some. So I just want you all to make sure that you're approaching it the right way, um, especially if you don't have, again, you're, you're coming into this uh, without a lot of capital. You're coming in undercapitalized. And so one of the things that prompted me to come on and talk about this was I was having a conversation with a friend of mine whose wife launched a, a garment business um, after she was laid off for her job during the pandemic. She's of Indian descent. And, uh, you know, one of the things that she's always wanted to do is, you know, have a business that allows her to, um, you know, pay homage to her heritage. And in her community in New Jersey, right, there's a lot of, uh, there's a high dense Indian population. And so she noticed that she could start a business creating and selling her own garments to serve that community. And so we jumped on a phone call this past weekend and she was just feeling like overwhelmed. She's feeling like all over the place and she was at a decision point. So last year she, uh, again, she was let go of her job. She got a severance package and she used that severance package to help her, uh, kick off and bootstrap this venture. But now a year later, she's done about $17,000 in revenue. Um, and she feel like she's at a decision point. And the decision point is, does she keep pursuing this venture full time or does she go get another job um, and get back into the workforce? And, you know, one of the things that I was talking to her about was, well, the first thing I want to ask yourself, first thing I asked her is, you know, if you were to do this full time, what kind of salary uh, would you need? Like, how much do you need to, to take home? And she was just saying, you know, 50 to $60,000 a year. I was like, OK, cool. So she needs to make 50 $60,000 a year. And I asked her, what is her, you know, what's the average price point of her garments? 
So she does some some smaller garments, you know, like scarves and uh um you know tops that can range anywhere between thirty and sixty dollars per set. And then she has a high end garment. I think it's called a Sharma. Um, and this is a little bit more pricey, right? And then these sells for right around two hundred dollars or just over two hundred dollars. And I said, okay, if you want to go, if you want to take home fifty to sixty thousand dollars a year, right? You need to sell at a minimum. I am. This is my opinion, right? And I would love for y'all to push back if you don't agree. You need to be bringing in about ten thousand dollars a month in revenue, right? Because one of the things about being a small business owner, especially a bootstrapped business owner, you got to have healthy cash in the business, right? At any given time, because you never know what can come up like a freaking global pandemic, right? And then you've got all these different expenses that pop up, travel, you know, um, actually being able to purchase goods um, that you need to create the products, create the garments. So there's a lot of this stuff that that you need to have a healthy uh, business with, with, with good cash flow to be able to afford. And so I was telling her that, you know, if you want to take home, you know, four to five K a month, man, you really need to have like, you know, 10 to $15,000 a month coming home in revenue. And if you think about this, right, bootstrapped from her house, right, hand making these garments, right? If she's selling $30 garments, right, she's got to sell a lot of garments, you know, to get to um, that price point, you know, to get to that monthly recurring revenue. Right. So the fastest way for her to achieve profitability is to focus on her most expensive offering, which is that two hundred dollar garment. Right. And if she sells, you know, 10 of those a month, that's two thousand dollars a month. If she sells 10. OK, she sells 20, you know, four thousand dollars a month, 30. That's oh snap. Yeah, that's six thousand dollars a month. Hope my math is doing right. Y'all know I'm a grunt, but you you get the picture. OK. And so then we say, OK. And my advice to her was, if you're really trying to 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 do this full time, focus on selling your most expensive offering and build your business around that. Now, the thing with entrepreneurship, when we first launch our businesses, the reality of it is, is we don't know what we don't know, which is why I'm a big proponent of saying that business is a contact sport. The longer you wait to get out there and start selling, the, the more pain you're going to experience once you do launch, because you need this constant feedback loop, right? So you might start, you know, selling three to four different garments, but at a certain point, you're going to realize that, hey, one of these is selling better than the other. And that's when you're going to have that decision point of like, okay, maybe I should stop selling all this other stuff and focus on this primary offering. Um, and that's going to allow you to focus. It's going to allow you to cut expenses because instead of trying to serve all these different these different offerings, right? You've got your one primary offering, right? That you can focus on. And so that was the advice I gave to her. And then here's another consideration. And this is just the reality of being a bootstrapped entrepreneur. We got to ask ourselves like, okay, what is it that we're trying to accomplish with our ventures? You know, for me personally, right? I think it's limiting if the only ROI we get from our businesses is monetary. There's a lot that goes into pouring our heart and souls into these ventures. And a lot of y'all out there might have a full-time job. A lot of y'all will have a full-time job. And your venture kind of allows you to explore different aspects of your personality. You know, it allows you to cultivate a passion of yours and you get excited and you get lost in just the entrepreneurial journey. 
going to bunker lab events, you know, becoming a veterans in residence, you know, taking advantage of all these opportunities, because let's be honest, you know, part of being veterans, right? We're coming from uh, serving our countries, right? And they had this sense of purpose and this meaning. And when we go and transition into the workforce, for a lot of people, it's hard to find that same level of, of purpose and meaning in the civilian world. And so one of the ways we're able to do that is we launch ventures, for-profit and non-profit. You know, that's why I do Ironbound Boxing. That really cultivates my spirit and that cultivates my soul. So it's not just about the money, right? It's a big aspect of it, but it's it's not just about that. So that's why it's so important for you to ask yourself, like, why am I doing what I'm doing? What do I want to accomplish, right? And not everyone is going to need to do their venture full-time. If I'm being honest, you know, Todd Connor, the founder of Bunker Labs, you know, he wrote a book, Third Shift Entrepreneur. And he talked about that, you know, there's nothing wrong with keeping your full time job and then having your business is just a side hustle. All right. But if you do decide, if you're thinking in your mind like, hey, I would love to be able to work on this venture full time in the future, then you need to start reverse engineering the process and think through how do I make this happen? And one of the things I'll tell you as somebody that's been in this ecosystem, you know, for the last three years, literally hooking and jabbing blood, sweat and tears. My girlfriend runs a product-based business. A lot of my friends run product-based businesses. You've got to sell a lot of product, right, in order to justify a take-home salary of, you know, even just four to $5,000 a month. And so one of the things that you can also consider is, you know, in her case, she is she's still unemployed. She only does her venture full-time. I straight up told her there's nothing wrong with getting some kind of consulting gig, right? That allows you to um, leverage your expertise, right? In another field and then use money from that to help fund the business until you can get it up to a point to where you're bringing in that 10 to 15K a month in revenue. And then you can transition into it full time. I know the old mantra was like, oh, go all in. You know, you're sleeping on your friend's couch and all that kind of stuff. But the reality of it is for a lot of adults out there, we all have, uh, I have a girlfriend. I don't have any kids yet. Um, but some of you have wives and you have families that you're responsible for. So that route of just sleeping on your buddy's couch to launch a venture, that doesn't really work for you all. So we got to be a little bit more strategic, which is why I'm a fan of getting to profitability as soon as possible. You know, one of the things with technology and the tech space is that it's there's a confusion around, you know, entrepreneurship and what's the best strategy, right? If you're a venture back startup, right? Venture back startups go out and they raise a lot of money. And what you're seeing now is a lot of freemium offerings just to achieve growth. Um, and then they'll turn the faucet on and charge for ads or whatever, but they're spending other people's money in order to acquire growth at all costs. Bootstrap entrepreneurs can't do that. You need to try to get profitable like day one if you can. And one of the ways you're going to do that is you're going to be strategic and you're going to sell your most expensive offering to your perfect customer. And you're going to figure out who your perfect customer is by engaging the market, getting out there and selling, talking to people, not just posting on Instagram and uh, LinkedIn and all these other platforms. No, you need to create an offering and you need to go out there and then you need to sell it. And here's another thing too. And I talked about this in the newsletter. And if you would like, I'll do a deeper dive on this, but I'm a fan of the rule of three, okay? One product, one specific target market, and one main distribution channel, 
And what this is going to allow you to do, it's going to allow you to focus. And I know how hard it is for entrepreneurs to focus. Heck, it's hard for me to focus. You know, these, these solo episodes, when I jump on here, I do these monologues. I got to cut everything off. I've tried to record this like, I don't know, 12 times already. But it's super, um, it's super important to have focus. So here's why I like the rule of three. You narrow your focus. You're doing one product, right? So in her case, she does the expensive garment, the $200 uh, dress garment, right? So $200. And she focuses her business around that. The marketing is around it. You know, we're your go-to for this specific product in the tri-state area or something, or even in her small town. And then you brand the hell out of it, all right? So you got that one product. Then you got your target market, right? We sell to, you know, Indian women in this space because she sells the Indian garments. Indian women between 40 and 50 um, that um, have, I don't know, over 100K or 150K in household income that can afford these high-end garments that we're selling. And I don't know if $200 is high-end garments for you all, but for me as a bootstrapped entrepreneur, pretty high-end, okay? So, but just go with me. You want to get that narrow focus. And, you know, in my newsletter, my perfect customer for client for, for Ironbound Media are service academy grads running growth stage veteran-owned businesses that need help with their marketing and branding. That's my perfect customer, right? Because I have a relationship with them already. The fact that I come from the Naval Academy, right? I have that tactical advantage. It's easy for me to correction and build a relationship based off of that shared experience. I have a lot of trust in the space already, given my work with Ironbound Media and some of the groups I'm a part of, like the Lions Pride. So there's a lot of stuff that's working to allow me to really serve this community, right? So when you think about that specific target market, again, what is the tactical advantage you have in that market? Are you already embedded in the community? Are you uniquely positioned to serve this community with a specific offering? And you start to see all of that, okay? So you got your target market. And then you've got your main distribution channel. And for distribution, I'm talking about, you know, marketing, right? Or maybe if you're selling something, right? The, um, You know, if you have the product and, you know, maybe you have some channel partners or something, but you need that main distribution channel. But for this case, let's say marketing. This is your main channel to market. So in this example, I will say, okay, I've got this $200 offering selling to this specific client base and I'm marketing it on LinkedIn or I'm marketing it on Instagram or I'm marketing it on YouTube, right? Really honing in and focusing and pouring all your energy into that. Now your pushback might be, but Mike, if I'm focusing on, on these one channels, right? I'm missing out on all these opportunities. I need to be on LinkedIn. I need to be on Pinterest. I need to be on Instagram. But again, a lot of that doesn't matter if your perfect customer is not on these platforms, right? And now you're going to be spreading yourself thin. And, you know, my buddy's wife, right, she was feeling overwhelmed. It's exhausting creating all these marketing assets, trying to promote on all these different platforms. So you've got all these different mediums and channels, but just focusing on one. And here's the thing, right? This is, again, once you launch and you start, you know, engaging the market, the market's going to tell you what it wants, Right. You're not going to have to force it on the market. It's going to tell you what it wants because people are going to be validating and they're going to be spending money. And then you hone in and then you focus. Okay. So the rule of three, right? Again, one product, one target market, one perfect customer, and one main uh, distribution channel. And so now, right, you're able to just align your entire business around this focus, right? You're not spreading yourself thin. Right. You're not purchasing all these crazy different products. You know, 
your focus. And listen, entrepreneurship at the end of the day, right? We're all figuring it out. We're all making it up as we go, right? So there are no right answers per se. There are things that tend to work better than others. So I was juggling with my girlfriend because I went to a pop-up that she was having this weekend in uh, New York City. And I'm seeing all the different vendors out there. There's probably like, I don't know, 70 different vendors. And I was like, if it was me out there selling a product, I would just have one product. And I would write the perfect customer on the sign. You know, let's say I was selling a, a, a healing balm. And I was like, if you're suffering from plantar fasciitis like I am, come get our specialty healing balm or something, right? And I would roll out there with 50 healing bombs, right? And see what sells. And the thing, the nice thing about that is you can start to, it just makes everything so much easier. That's why like, even in my business, Ironbound Media, I product size it, offer uh, three different packages, right? But they're, they're, they're just basically products. And I know that if I sell this amount of product, I'll have X revenue. So if I show up to an event, you know, they're going back to the, the, like I was saying, the market, if I show up to a market with 50 healing bombs, all at uh, $50 a pop, you know, and I sell, you know, all 50, right. Then now I know how much uh, revenue that is. I'm bringing out the calculator, y'all $2,500. Right. Um, so again, this is the kind of stuff that you want to think of now in that healing bomb example, right? I can go out there and I can try to sell 50 healing bombs, or I can make a really, really specialty bomb. Right. And I turn around and sell it for like a hundred dollars. That means now I only got to sell 25 of those. But you're like, oh, man, that's a lot harder. How do I'm able to do that? Well, here's the thing. This is another trick, right? Figure out where people are already spending money, right? Where are people already putting money towards? And how can you uh, drive some of that demand towards your business, right? So, oh, Mike Stedman would say, oh, I got the perfect product. You know, I created this awesome bomb. I'm going to go out here and sell it. It's going to sell like hotcakes. And then I would sit out there and realize like nobody's buying versus I would start talking to people in my community. Heck, I was starting in the veteran community, military spouse community. And I'd ask them, hey, like what what do you do for plantar fasciitis? Oh, my gosh, Mike, you have no idea. I go to a therapist. I'm spending all this money. The pain just won't go away. I'm like, oh, well, how much does it cost every time you go to a physical therapist for plantar fasciitis? They're like, oh, it's like 150 a session or something. So now I know that people are already spending money to address this issue. Right. So now once I would roll out this product, OK, I would even start with beta customers, see if I can sell 10 of them. Boom. I validate the business model. I know that this is something people want. And so then I would start going to these different markets and just start selling straight uh, healing bombs for plantar fasciitis. Right. And it works. And you're going to man like entrepreneurship is so hard. It is really hard. Right. It is not like it, it is in the movies, you know, where they're hyping everything up or what you see on social media. Look at me. Look at me. You know, we got to be strategic. Right. And again, we're sacrificing a lot of time and energy on our ventures. You know, we're sacrificing time away from our friends and families to make this work, you know. And so what we got to do is we just got to we, we can't get caught up in the hype of the things that we think will work. You know, we've got to let the market tell us what will work. And again, I'm a big fan of testing, validating, maybe coming up with that most expensive offering and then getting the profitability as soon as possible. So, again, this is for some of y'all, this might sound like common sense. And even for me, sometimes it sounds like common sense. But I know a lot of us in the community don't know these things. Right. I had to learn this the hard way, which is why I feel comfortable coming on this platform 
and sharing these lessons um, with you all. And I want all of you listening to be able to achieve your entrepreneurial journey or dream. I want to be able to achieve my entrepreneurial uh, dreams and aspirations as well. And so this is one of the ways that can help us get there. And when you look at some of the most successful companies uh, in the world, they all started with like one product. You know, you look at Facebook, for example, right? Facebook had this this platform that they create. Mark Zuckerberg created. He didn't try to sell to everyone all at once. Who did he focus on? Who was his main distribution channel? It was the Harvard Network where he was going to school. And then after he got Harvard, he went to some of the other Ivy Leagues and started to build. And then eventually started opening it up to other universities. And then opened it up to um, uh, non-college students. You see, so there, this was this was chess, not checkers, right? He was being super strategic, and we all have the ability to do that in our own ventures. All right. So to close us out, right? Again, your fastest way to achieve profitability is find or create your most expensive offering, right? And do a good job with it. Don't just come up with some raggedy and throw a high price point on it because, no, look at what your initial rollout of products or services are. And then you say, okay, how can I create something? Like if I if I want to get, if I want to focus on my venture full time, right, I need to get profitability as soon as possible, okay? I'm not going to be able to get there selling products at 5 to $10 a pop, right? I need to sell a little bit more high-end products, right? So create that high-end offering. Right. If you're a service-based business, don't be scared to throw that ten thousand dollars, that fifteen, twenty thousand dollars on a on a on your initial engagement. You know, because it's gonna help. So you take that. All right. Then again, you're gonna focus on one specific target market and like don't be generic. Say this is who I serve. Right. In my case, I serve service academy graduates that are running veteran-owned businesses. Blah blah blah. Okay. And then one main distribution channel. Right. And that distribution channel can be LinkedIn. It can be email newsletter. It can be a podcast, whatever it is you want. Right. That's what you want to. That's what you want to do. And that's what you want to focus on and sell as many of those high end offerings as you can get really, really good at delivering value via that high end offering. Right. And then start to build rapport and get more referrals from people that are buying your product or using your service. Right. And then just there you start to build build it out, build it out and keep track of how much you're selling, you know? So, um, you know, literally I just keep a list and say, okay, man, if I want to make, you know, $10,000 this month, I need to sell, you know, 50 of these or whatever. And then just go out there and start tracking. And every morning you get up, you're like, how many did I sell? How many did I sell? How many did I sell? You're not doing a bunch of random stuff, right? Your sole focus is on selling 50 of these products so you can reach that $10,000 in monthly revenue. And it's going to be hard to stay focused. I promise you, it's so hard to stay focused. Heck, it's hard for me to be focused, but you can do it. So I hope you guys are appreciate these uh, monologue episodes. I'm stepping out my comfort zone with these um, because, again, I don't have all the answers. But what I do have is ability to see a lot of ventures. And I know what wrong uh, looks like most of the time. So hope you enjoy this episode. Let me know what you think by sending me some feedback by commenting on the uh, newsletter or just message me on LinkedIn or uh, shooting me a message on Instagram. Make sure you subscribe to the Transition Podcast and newsletter on Substack at the link below. As a reminder, I try to release a newsletter every Tuesday. I released one on Wednesday today and a podcast every Friday where I share the latest podcast episodes for the week. You can leave a comment on each episode on Substack. If you have questions about your own venture, Please, please, please leave a post. I'm always looking for good content and I would love to learn what you all are struggling with 
in your own venture so myself and the marketing team can create some really good content uh, for you all. If you want to get plugged into the Bunker Lab ecosystem, visit bunkerlabs.org, select the city nearest to you, and sign up for our local newsletter and attend one of our networking events. It's that simple. From there, make sure you're connected at Bunker Online, where you can learn about our many different programs to support your entrepreneurial journey. We have programs that will take you from idea to invoice, incubate you, and position you to grow alongside other founders and CEOs. Register today by clicking connect at bunkerlabs.org. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, peace, love, and have a great rest of your week.